0: You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello, and welcome to Season 9 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our first 2023 preseason preview episode. This episode is brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider. It's because of you that we're able to keep this project going, and I'm so happy to have each and every one of you as a member of our growing community. Normally here I would say no actually, but no, for real, for the first episode of the season, truly brought to you by the Patreon supporters. Please check it out, and we're going to keep on going because of your support. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. Uh, We'd also like to welcome our special guest, Matt Pollard from Last Word on Soccer and The Burgundy Wave.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, we, we did the huge disservice last year by only having you on at the end of the season, and so I thought, what better way to try to make up for that than having you on on the first episode of this season. And with Hope more. Yes. That's the thing with, with Matt, everyone doesn't understand, it's like, Matt, I want you to come on the podcast, and he's like, I need like a week's notice, which is completely reasonable, and I'm uh, like, that's, that's totally ridiculous. totally normal. No, I'm with <laughs> very Team Matt online. Like, Ridiculous. <laughs> notice that people don't know is when when I guest fall through and i'm like scrambling through discord being like anybody want to come on the show tonight um just send you maybe, maybe that could be
1: a, maybe that could be a gift for uh maybe like a guest spot on the podcast where you could be a a patreon giveaway or something possibly i want to bet you might want to bet someone so it's not just like this isn't just for the random mls sicko on the internet but you know <laughs> it's, okay. it's a very specific type of mls sicko but that would be I don't know. Just just spitball ideas here. We can do that. We we usually yeah, reserve that
0: it. for the for the top tier. We could have one be like the roulette tier, where it's like, yeah, put your name, subscribe here, and whenever we have a fall through, we'll just spin it and draw a name out of a hat and be like, you can come. I mean, there we well. go. Sign this
1: waiver that you're not going to show up and like troll and like spout out a bunch of exactly. Profanity Re-
0: reserve the right to just literally a just family
1: friendly them. show. As we've yeah, got, uh, exactly. We've got it's- yeah, yeah, actually, family, one, family and- friendly show.
0: So oh, you
2: don't have there. wine delivery at your house? I do. I'm I don't.
0: Sorry. I, I, don't I am the wine deliver <laughs> for my wife. Uh, that's right. So that's it. But no. So no. Again, happy to have everybody back. Uh, thanks to the patrons. I have a quick update for you all in the second part of our show. Um, I have a, a quick update right now. Is I know I got many comments last year about uh, my keyboard at times with it being so clicky, clicky. Well, I now have a more quiet mechanical keyboard from i'm not sponsored by but i guess i'll plug it from razor and so i'm typing on it right now no one would know that would be perfect it's so, like magic so with hope for those of you who over the years have <laughs> been like hey i can hear your keyboard keyboard in the background i i hope to have solved that this season uh which was a solution of just buying a new keyboard that took far too long but i loved my clicky mechanical keyboard but I, well, spreader I silence you, for you all.
3: You, you may have fixed my problem, because I have a nice mechanical keyboard that's really loud as well. So I may be the offending party, and if I am, I'll get it fixed this year. Well, see, so I'll I let just, you know. It's
0: it is a Razer keyboard that uses like laser optics instead for the mechanical. It's it was like laser mechanical, and I was like, sure, we can go with that. I just oh. like that you're literally silencing your haters with your new keyboard purchase. I'm I'm helping address legitimate feedback. Yeah. That's that's no, what it's good for you. It's all about it also sometimes appears in the editing. I'm like, ooh, let's just mute that part right there. Um, But no, we actually do have, before we get into the bulk of our show, tonight we're going to be talking about our early reactions to the preseason trades that have happened so far. Some of them are rumors and we may touch on that, but lots of the ones that have already been confirmed on MLS's website. And I'm sure you've heard other pundits talk about the impacts of the trades, but we are doing it from a fantasy point of view. What sorts of impacts uh, are interesting or or just to keep an eye on of a trade or transfer or someone who is... Uh, no long or a team that's lacked doing some transfers and what might that mean for the fantasy season? That's what we're focused on tonight. Um, after a few little quick, quick uh, updates, starting I guess the first two are Blaine. Do you want to give them an update on on you for this season?
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little distracted with the little one. Yeah. Um, uh, got a seven month old now, so my time has been a little crazy and then with everything going on it's just yeah, new house, new baby last summer just settled in here and I know we're going to talk about it a little later but I have volunteered to help out with some of the SB Nation news going on and so that may eat up a little bit more time and we'll have an update on some of that later so other than that, that's where I'm at just new house and new baby last summer and settled in, ready to go and maybe having to take a little more time off to help with the little guy, but should be here most weeks.
0: Okay, so this could be Blaine's swan song season, so we I will see what happens.
3: that, but my time may be more limited from here on out.
0: We shall see. And then, of course, the next update. Uh, I know this was something that weighed very heavily on Blaine's mind, and we also have Matt here who may, if he would like, weigh in on some. But uh, I know Blaine, SB Nation has, of course, been in the forefront of a lot of people's uh dms and content and just just that and you wanted to make some comments about that
3: yeah really heartbreaking news that vox is gonna stop supporting a lot of their soccer writers a lot of their soccer outlets that they've had um and it's just been a time in flux for a lot of people um got some good news today which fortunate for a couple of places but i guess sounders at heart and dirty south soccer are going to continue to be supported uh, so they're not cutting everybody off, but um, it looks like a lot of them are getting shut down. And I mentioned I may be helping. I volunteered to be a technical contact for the Blue Testament, which is the Kansas City group. And and if they try to go independent, uh, I'll be there to support that as much as I can and do any of the technical back-end work, because that's in mine. Um, we've got some good news. I guess RSL Soapboxes became Wasatch Soccer Sentinel. And then Dynamo Theory became Bayou City Soccer. So two, two of the groups have already gone independent, and we're hoping that more will join on. I know I'm pushing for Blue Testament to do that if they can. Um, I don't know if Burgundy Wave is going to do something like that. But the, uh, the hope is that we get some of these groups out there and independent and share some resources that way. Um, I don't know if Matt knows, but he got, he got tweet quoted in an article to, uh, this week about it talking about the loss of coverage and I'll recording in say, progress say his apple stuff there but uh one of the uh the revs president actually said that they're going to do what they can to help support those riders and try to keep things going and it's a huge loss just for soccer in america this they cover so much and i know the kansas city guys that i've talked to they're they're sad about sporting but what they're really sad about is nwsl and indoor coverage um, as as crazy as it is, SB Nation writers were the number one go-to for pretty much everything in WSL and the only go-to for indoor soccer outside of those leagues-specific websites. So, I hate to see this go. My, my call for action for everybody here is if you know some of these people, follow them, find out what they're doing. If they pop up a Patreon or something, be willing to help them out a little bit. I mean, if if every one of those readers gives even a dollar a month that could cover posting costs to go independent bring everything back up because even in this fantasy community one of our number one go-to's for a lot of news was this crew was the sb nation writers we got so much good information on day-to-day activities injury reporting everything because these are guys honestly working for pennies getting press credentials they love doing that but they have um training access I know we had a couple of Sporting right coverage that they went to training. And if somebody wasn't there at training, they would let us know. We got all that news from these guys and these ladies. There's a lot of ladies in there, too. It's just we're losing a lot of our coverage here for the fantasy community as well. And so it just it hurts all around. It's kind of a dark cloud hanging over the start of this season. So if you know anybody who's writing for them, if they start trying to do their own thing, I would encourage everybody to go support if you can volunteer, volunteer. If they do a Patreon or anything, whatever you can do to help get this back going, because we don't want to lose this coverage.
1: Yeah, well said, Blaine. Um, don't have anything to disagree. I'll admit that, uh, like the RSL Twitter community, kind of came after me for maybe some of the little bit the tongue-in-cheek point on the Apple TV one. But no, I mean it. To to fi- to work really hard and to finally get the Emmy job at Burgundy Way, which I had been up for for a few times then, and then four months into that you know, basically get told that we're, you know, not getting funding anymore is an absolute gut punch. And um, for the Rapids community, particularly, I'm not going to speak to Kansas city Blaine, but you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of those MLS communities, the SB nation site was where a lot of those writers cut their teeth. Originally. It was a good incubator for talent. Like how many guys at the athletic at one point were at one of the SB, SB nation sites or adjacent to that. I can't tell you how many times, particularly in the end of the 2021 season where, a national writer or a local outlet here in Colorado that did not cover soccer at all would DM me, reach out to me being like, hey, just to make sure I'm not based on that. Like, I guarantee you every single one of the athletic guys has read something from me um, or, you know, over at the post. And that's base level contact that we need every single time. How many times is there a a first take or an undisputed 20 minute segment about something in the NBA or the NFL that comes out of report from some local boots on the ground local beat writer that only specifically covers that specific team that asks a question and gets a quote or gets something from a source and they spin that off and there's so much of that base level coverage that's going to make andrew weeby and etr's job so much easier that now is potentially getting reduced um burgundy wave hasn't made a decision you know blaine i know you gave some updates on that um i'm happy to say with the news that we got on friday some sites were flat out told that they're done march 1st burgundy wave was not that um so we made that first initial cut What we're doing in terms of um, other stuff, I'm not entirely sure. Still having some discussions internally. Um, There's some pros and cons to both. But just to to echo what Blaine said, with unfortunately where we are, I think, in a a sports media and an internet media standpoint for something to genuinely be healthy and grow that you're interested in, unfortunately, a lot of that's going to have to come with you subscribing or giving money in some capacity just simply showing up and then clicking and being subscribed and then occasionally sharing with someone is not necessarily a a revenue generator that's going to cover all of those costs and everything and i was looking forward to with what little stipend we got at burgundy wave not pocketing that but using that to do two three away day trips that i was going to do or save up for potentially an away playoff game and now that's obviously seriously in doubt so the biggest thing that you can do right now is visit those websites retweet Follow everybody on those social media channels. I had a big one of every single one that somebody posted on Burgundy Wave if you wanted to check it out from last Friday afternoon, I think. And then if those sites end up uh, starting a Patreon, subscribe to that. And certainly if they go independent and whatever changes happen from a social media standpoint, migrate that over in terms of who you're following and subscribe to and then tell other people in your mm-hmm. own MLS communities about that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing that Uh nothing to add definitely see what we can support and uh, with hope we'll be able to maintain a lot more of this content and valuable insights that everything provides so yeah check it out and uh, if there's anything that we can do as far as retweeting or viewing the content that's definitely something we should do as as the the consumers so if Matt puts out something retweet it look as he before before we started went live open the link scroll to the bottom get them the ad revenue just do everything that we can so if, if it's if it's valuable content you care about try to help support it so we'll see what happens the one thing I will say to kind of end on a lighthearted note is if there is one community that I can look to to come up with punny and funny and creative names as these sites have to find new names it is the fantasy community so you guys may be called upon to come up with names as rebrands are in the process so I have faith I have faith in all of you uh so for the housekeeping that we have I guess I'm not going to do the pause maybe I will Rusty. I'm Rusty, the big editing pause. So moving on to the housekeeping. Uh, first preseason content. Uh, this is our first preseason episode, but you can expect some more content coming out with MLS Fantasy Boss. We're going to do a little bit different than we have in the past, instead of having an individual author with individual writers, which is a fantastic idea and always so close. Always so close. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit easier to consolidate some for some general, more more general articles. So uh, we're going to have some different preseason content coming at MLSFantasyBoss.com. We're also going to have some more preseason episode previews here with MLSFI. We'll we'll of course do our usual East and West preview. And then we'll have our season one, season one, our week one round one kickoff as we get closer to that time. Uh, Be sure to... I mean, we've got Apple now, so things are going to be a bit more standardized. It should be a lot of fun. I was looking at the midweek games with Ashley this, this afternoon as we were kind of planning some things out. So I think it will be a lot easier with, with content and with game management. So, But we'll cover more of that as we get closer. Also for you Patreon supporters, I have the update. I mentioned some of this on Twitter, but I was going to show it live with the with the episode, and then I'll send out some pictures later. But I've gotten the first delivery of swag. Of course, we have our 22 and 23 stickers since I had some trouble getting these last last year. So that'll be going out. Uh, again, also for our 2022 subscribers, we have the magnet based on one of the MLS Fantasy Insider alternate logos that we had the votes on last year. They, have, of course, the, the round logo, so popular in our league now. And for the next tier up, we also have uh, the winning alternate logo, MLS Fantasy Insider, little acrylic pen, pins that we can have are going out, um, for the top tier supporters, it's, it's been hard to find the little mini soccer balls again, and especially at a good price point now. So we're going, I'm looking into, uh, getting some challenge coins printed up. I thought that would be a cool little addition that to send out. So that's the plan to help our, uh. 2022 and 2023 top tier patreon supporters is getting some some cool little challenge coins going as well as you can expect us to have another round of voting for alternate logos so we can get more magnets and more pins because those are pretty cool and maybe one more special surprise that i'm still working on so that's the quick swag update and i'll send these pictures out after the episode but you all tuning in are the first ones to see that Uh, again we already Made reference to it, but don't forget Apple TV is is going to be what uh, February first. We'll get able to start doing our subscriptions. Or for those of you who are season ticket holders, then you're you're already in. That's not me, so I'm really looking forward to the Apple TV and what kind of content that they have. I loved a lot of those announcers they put up there to uh, to see some of these old players. I know I feel like that's a hot take almost of seeing some of these old players. That's I've seen both like the rage and not, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be fun. So yeah, check out, not again, not sponsored by Apple TV, but going to mention Apple TV because it is a big change for this year. But I know what everyone is here for is to talk about or listen and share in chat. Please do share in chat uh, about just reactions to some of the, the transfers that have been going on with preseason. And that's what we're going to be talking about in our next segment. All right, everybody, here we are talking about our early reactions to preseason moves. Again, these are our fantasy interpretations of the reaction, so if you wanna hear just general reactions from just the game point of view, of course, check out everything at MLSsoccer.com. Check out the content that people like like Matt put out and on, on the other websites that are still there, but we are trying to keep it all focused on the fantasy game, so of course, those of you who are in chat please do uh, share your thoughts as we go through here we're going to focus on position by position I thought that would be a bit quicker than trying to focus team by team with all the transfers there's been a lot you can head over to mlssoccer.com uh, and go to the transfer tracker if you really want to see every team broken by or just transfer tracker actually is the news all transfers is the the complete transfer tracker That they have, Um, it it can be kind of weird sometimes, like if a player is out of contract and then gets re-signed, he'll be on both sides of the tracker, which I get it, but I I also think it's kind of annoying. But if you want to track everything there, that's where you can go and find this info as as well as some of the breaking news that we'll see. Uh, but we're gonna split it up. Not, uh, I know we usually combine keepers and defenders, but we're gonna split it up this time. And uh, Ashley, we'll let you kick this one off. I- exciting, impactful, interesting. Just there've been a few keeper changes, and uh, I-, I think that are worth talking about. So, what what do you uh, see from a fantasy point of view as as worth mentioning?
2: Yeah, I think um, when I first went through this, one of the first things, and I know Matt will roll his eyes at me, that just jumped out at me was LAFC's defense. Um, and to me, that goes down to Crapo. I think Crapo was a great signing for them um, going into last season. I think generally he had a very good season for them and I, I think kind of shared up that role um, in a defense that, you know, won an MLS Cup. And there was a lot of rotation there um, at certain parts of the year, either through injury or preference. I think we're kind of still trying to figure out how Chironolo wants to play that back line. And for me, that the back lines have a lot to do with, Really quality defenders and so, or goalkeepers, I mean. So, um, crepo's the first one that kind of stood out to me, is probably going to come in priced high, um, probably is going to have both a good floor and a good ceiling, which I know sounds contradictory, but you know what I mean. Um, and like I said, just kind of depending on how they shift that back line, um, is a keeper that I-, I was excited to watch last year, was questioning a little bit in the buildup, but he really came through for a lot of the. The rounds I picked him up in a lot of their their bigger games, um, and then I guess just because I'm first, I'll go ahead and and touch on it and say the Sean Johnson signing with Toronto to me was um, a, a big a big signing. My understanding and someone tell me actually wrong is that he was a free agent, um, and I just cannot understand that bad business <laughs> um, on on you know NYCFC's part. But that's not a fantasy implication. That's just a, a judgment by me. Um, I think, you know, the transition to the Bob Bradley Toronto has been an experiment. Um, But I get pretty nervous and excited when Bob Bradley can really sink his teeth into a roster. Um, I think that's something he does the best. Uh, So getting Sean Johnson up there, I think, could really make me reconsider um, Toronto defense, who was, can I say, one of the worst in the leagues? Can someone fact-check me there? I mean got to be last season fantasy it points
3: was, so it low really bad
2: yeah i think at least bottom 5 like they were relegated if they were a defense that could be would be relegated go format
3: uh second
1: worst in goals against in yeah. league soccer excuse me Thank third you. worst so okay. um san jose had uh, so they had 66 goals conceded. San Jose had 69, not nice. And then DC United had 71. Got I don't it. think very many of our listeners would have had Bill Hamid on their fantasy team many times last season. No.
2: Well, and he wasn't Middle even healthy most in of Cincinnati. the time. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, it's you know we we talk about this a lot when we talk preseason, and honestly, even the first couple weeks of a season, right? We're like, well, I don't know. I want to see how it pans out. I don't, I don't know how I think it's gonna pan out in Toronto, but Sean Johnson being signed to me is a big positive note, um, and is something I'm definitely gonna to pay attention to for keepers oh. and defenders there.
0: Quick aside, I love Christian's comment about uh, about Clint Irwin. I don't think we'll be talking about him, but I have a super soft spot for Clint Irwin. No. Matt, Matt, Matt knows what that is, but yes, uh, the clear backup in in mm-hmm. Minnesota. Right there. Uh, Blaine, anything to add for this one?
3: Yeah. Um, I'm curious what Sean Johnson's going to do, but I'm not sure. And I worry about Cray and that injury. I, I mean, broken leg, I think it was a double fracture on that. It was nasty in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he could be healed and back, ready to go. I mean, if they were a clean break, legs don't take that long but i don't know what he's going to look like to start the season i don't know what his training regimen's been i loved crapo at lafc i thought he was a kind of a sleeper pick and on those good matchups i just don't know how much i trust him but there's there are two names that i really trust and blake's going to be the runaway front runner to start the season if you can afford him and fit him in i think that's kind of your clear cut number 1 goalkeeper in the league and i don't think anybody's really going to question that My number two, and it also comes with the recent signing of Romney, is Petrovic in New England was on fire last year. He saves penalties as well as anybody else in the league, except for maybe Melia. But nobody saves him like him that's currently in the league. So, I mean, he's as good as everybody else or better. Um that defense looks a little better. They've made some changes in New England. They cut some of the old dead weight from the team. I think the team's going to be better as a whole in front of him. I just, I I don't see how you can not look at him at this point. And then at the other end, I'm looking at teams to kind of watch out for. Maybe you can bargain hunt a little bit. I know somebody's asking in chat: Is Melia still the starter? Or are they going to go to Pulse Camp in Kansas City? I don't know. <laughs> I can see some rotation. Watch it. I. If I had to bet, I'd say I'm about 90% sure Amelia starts just because of the experience. But I thought he was losing a step last year, and the defense hung him out to dry quite a bit. He doesn't play as well in that situation, so who knows. The other one I'm watching is Atlanta may have the potential for some crazy rotation and see some different stuff. Guzan's coming back from an injury, but they went out and got Quentin Westberg and Diop. I mean, they got Mm -hmm. two proven starters in MLS, although Diop's kind of a hit-or-miss proven starter. But, I mean, a lot of teams would trust him to start if they had to. So I don't know what that's going to look like in some teams. So watch those transactions and see what's there. And then the only other one I've got, just because you've got to have him on the list, Joe Willis is still in Nashville. Nashville's still a good defense. And they're going back to the Eastern Conference. Make Mm of that what you will. We always kind of hedge our bets towards eastern conference teams or at least i do when i'm picking defenders the firepower in the east has not been quite the same or it's not the same dogfight as it is in the west and i've had good luck doing that and we always look for those early ones in the keeper ruse. um willis going back out to the east is probably a good thing for him overall this year and may bump his stock quite a bit
2: yeah, I'm not going to cut you off, Matt, but I am going to say that I just fact-checked myself, which I should have done before the show, and that LAFC signed Everton's third string goalkeeper two weeks ago. So to me, that means that Crapo is probably not healthy enough to start. I, it's not enough of a preseason to know if he is, but just um, to, to sign, you know, a third string, he's old, he's 38, um, but I think it doesn't bode well. Yeah. Um, uh, but I agree with what Blaine said. I don't know how those like breaks will affect the whole season. Um, I think he should be the favorite over McCarthy if he's healthy and fit and back to health. But um, that's a that's an asterisk. I admittedly forgot about.
1: Um, I mean, I agree with most things that you said, Blaine. Kind of ironically, Blaine, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, goals, guys that I would go away from. So I know there was big news made from a financial standpoint about Romain Berkey. I've looked at this, and with my understanding of St. Louis soccer, I, I'm not confident on that rebuild at all, guys. I think they're way worse than where Charlotte was this time last year, and their coaching staff hasn't come out and said in a German language that they're you-know-what. So I would stay away <laughs> from them. You know, Berkey, uh, Mike, maybe on a price tag standpoint, um, given his quality will has been both expensive for St. Louis FC to acquire and might be expensive in fantasy, but generally I stay away for expansion teams, especially when it comes to looking at things defensively. And then I know goalkeeper was really the only position that CF Montreal didn't have sorted out last year and that usually meant a really cheap keeper that you could come up with a switcheroo if you really like their matchup and everything but with how much they got rated with jordy mihalic gone ishmael coney's gone as well i know kamal miller's future uh, future i don't know if that had been sorted out as well and then kai hasn't sent out a, a cryptic tweet in the last month so in the last week so who knows what's going on with that i'm worried that montreal is going to be bad and it might be really easy for Fantasy owners in those first couple weeks, especially when you're stacking with your 10, 11 million dollar striker, by the time you get to the back of goalkeeper, and it's oh crap, I need a starter who's going to be four million. Can you find a Montreal goalkeeper at that price? Yeah. Are they going to give up two to three goals to start the
0: season? Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's that's all fair. Uh, The only thing that I'm going to add, I think you guys have covered the big ones. Keepers, keepers, a tough position. I mean, with fantasy, just in general there's not a lot of variance here. I mean, you can go with a guy who starts to get you some bonus points and you're going to be within just a very reasonable amount of points for most of those consistent keepers. Uh, but the one that I am going to mention is, uh, I'm kind of keeping an eye on DC United. I mean, we had Hamid Tyler was definitely, Miller. yeah, just just the fall. But, I mean, they did have Alex Bono who's coming over there and then they've also Tyler signed, Miller. signed uh, Luis Zamudio. I believe is what it is. So there's there there are there's options. another keeper. Yeah,
2: because they signed Tyler Miller too, who was intent right. I mean, he was a starter when he signed.
0: Right, he yeah. was signed as a free agent. But yeah. say they yeah. also have Bono, and they also have and uh, this is Zamudio signed from uh, overseas. So okay. th- they they've got a keeper battle there that I wanted to highlight. Yeah. So it's not necessarily just Tyler Miller. There there yeah. could be some rotations there, and rotations from a fantasy point of view, I don't yeah. like. Because we had that, we've had that with Dallas, yeah. we've we've had that with Cincinnati, we've had that with with other teams as well, and it's it's not good. Uh, I mean, it, it can be great if you're on the right rotation for for some kind of keeperoo, but but beware with DC is that there are other options, and this is a new team with Rooney. He could be just especially at the beginning of the season, just trying people out and seeing what fits, and uh, we we don't know until it all all settles. But otherwise, I, I have a comment about St. Louis but I'm going to get that in the defender section. I think it makes more sense there (laughs) that Matt started to crack that, uh, just crack that egg open. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to defenders. Blaine, same thing to you. Exciting, impactful, just interesting from a fantasy point of view that you want to mention. Not
3: too much. No, I think it's more of go with what we saw at the end of last year, go with the teams that are stable. I mean, like we said with the goalkeepers, Billy's probably going to be your premier defense. I'm surprised we're almost the end of January and Kai Wagner still a union player. Not a Leeds
2: United player yet. <laughs>
3: yeah, I figured he would be gone for Europe by now. I really did. And I'm shocked he's not. I I mean, I kind of wished for fantasy he was gone. That's one last set and forget player that we have to worry about. It makes people think a little bit more um, because, I mean, other than price point, who's not going to have him the first week? and even with the price point I you still may have to have him he's that good and Philly is a team that I expect to do that um as i mentioned i think Nashville's going to get a get a boost going back to the eastern conference even with Romney gone and with Romney going over to the revolution i think you really got to look at one of their players clean sheet chance early chance that i'm going to just be betting on quite a bit I think Montreal's your early bet against, besides St. Louis, obviously. I just, you never trust an expansion team to start MLS. It, you never do. You get a decent, powered offense going at them, you take them and you bet against them. And then Montreal's just got so many, so much turnover on that roster. They've added some good defenders, but I think they're more attacking pieces, not defending pieces. I just, I don't know what's going to do it. I think it's going to take them a while to get together. The one that's, that's, Really interesting to me though, and I like the way they played last year. Is I'm curious what FC Cincinnati's going to look like this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I've seen some projected lineups of a three-five-two, but they've got two overlapping fullbacks on that. They could easily drop into a five-man back line. Reed can correct me if I'm wrong on anything, but that's what I've seen projected. If you get one of those wingbacks playing out of position forward in a three-five-two, that can be huge because you've got yeah. The 3-5-2 is always fun for me in fantasy because you can drop those two guys back. You can pack five behind the ball real easy, and it becomes really hard to break down. And if Cincinnati's really going to go for the counter play, which I think they can, I think they've got the squad to do it. They can build up on that and really press forward. But I think they're going to try to absorb some pressure. I think this means bonus points for all of your defenders. Uh, Lots of clean sheet chances early in the season. And bonus points for those attacking fullbacks. I mean, I just everything about this looks good. Miazga's there to replace Jeff Cameron. I think they've got the central leadership on this. The goalkeeper was fine. I don't think he's anything to highlight. But I don't – he's not going to be – He got a
0: call-up to the national team.
3: Yeah. He's like – Well, the
2: January national team. But, yeah, he sure
3: did. But for fantasy, for fantasy, I don't know that he's anything to really highlight for fantasy. But he's not one that you're going to highlight and say, oh, he's going to give up stupid goals. He's not going to hurt this defense. I think this defense is going to be quietly really, really good to start the season. And look for those bonus points because I see a bunch of them if they play that three-five-two or yeah, three-five-two formation to start it.
0: Appreciate the shout out. Matt, who are you looking at?
1: Matt Hedges to Toronto FC. I mean, we're talking like Sean Johnson adding to that, and that team is literally stacked defender, goalkeeper, midfielder, forward. You've got a viable option that you want, especially if they end up getting rolling they're a Sean Johnson free agent away from Bob Bradley single-handedly rebuilding and turning this team around in a 12-month period really similar shades to me to Drew Moore leaving Colorado in 2015 to join Toronto FC kind of the one big piece that they didn't really have anchored out and you have him leading the middle barking at people in a back three as well I think stabilizing things making things easier on Michael Bradley who I think is now MB 74 as opposed to MB 90 probably so I love that pick up and I think that's going to be really good as Bob Bradley says like okay last year was what it was now we're actually going to be good I agree with you Blaine I, I think the first month of the season you want to make a safe bet safe bet you should have between the two teams four or five Philadelphia and LAFC players if you can afford it and then one of the more under the radar moves that I saw in terms of an American coming back was um, Kyle Duncan former homegrown with uh, mm-hmm. New York Red Bulls came back from KV Ostende. I'm not sure how to pronounce that uh, entirely, but he's coming back and he was always a fullback that I like generally and then certainly in fantasy. So you talk about him and uh, him being Kyle Duncan and then John Tolkien on the other side being a little bit Mm -hmm. forward. I can't guarantee that he's going to get a lot of clean sheet points, but he's probably going to get a bunch of bonuses and then maybe the occasional assist as well. Red Bull Chaos is going to Red Bull Chaos and Kyle Duncan was a very good fullback for that system when it came to MLS Uh -uh. Fantasy.
2: Big time Ashley. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, a big pulse on this because I thought for a minute I was going to get to come on here and brag about it. But Aaron Long went to LAFC, not Seattle. It's fine. We're over it. We didn't want him. Um, but that's a really interesting addition to that back line for me. Um, I, I always felt like Chiellini was more of like a spectacle signing. Um, he sat out for so many times for so many reasons that was never clarified Um, And then they went and loaned or sold or tammed out um, the other young center back that they had. Um, I think he should be starting, um, but I'm interested to see how healthy he can stay. Aaron long for a couple of seasons in fantasy was a really consistent bonus point goal scoring Walker Zimmerman esque center back Um, last season with the injuries. He wasn't, There, When he was playing, he was productive, Um, but, you know, like Matt said, Red Bull's going to Red Bull. So um, it wasn't as consistent in his last season there, but that's definitely a a player, and like we've all kind of said, a back line I'm I'm definitely paying attention to. Um, I, I, You know, Blaine talked about Nashville briefly, but I think Walker is going to continue to be um, a decent pointed defender. It depends, you know, now that his center back pairing has adjusted um sometimes that can kind of take a toll on fantasy point productions but uh he's still someone that i definitely am going to pay attention to uh miles robinson is returning to health for atlanta um i think that that should be a good you know firming up for that defense that got real sloppy for some time um with all the injuries and things like that um i don't know who's going to be in the net for them like Blaine also said, you know, Guzan coming back from injury as well. But Miles Robinson is a player who pre-injury I thought we would probably see at the World Cup. Um, so his fantasy point production kind of reflected that as well. So um, I know there's other, you know, some other good defenders down there in the, in the Dirty South. But Robinson was one that I was really sad to see go. Um, and I feel like that whole back line really crumbled after he got hurt by Brad Guzon. So um, I'm warily paying attention to them. Um one of just to kind of add on to what everybody said about Cincy, one of the players that always really interested me um when he was at NYCFC was Maturita, who got hurt in the early part of last season right, read for, for Cincy and was out. He yeah. I think he came in in the play at the end of the year, right? Just he briefly. He was end, a yeah. sub. Yep. Yeah. Um, and in that formation that Blaine was talking about, he is probably going to be my go to um if they're playing in a wing back formation. Is, okay,
3: I'm going to ask because I saw yeah. it, I saw him on the transfers outside of the transfer tracker. I thought he went on loan somewhere, but he may be back in. He may have gone at, been transferred and loaned back. I don't know what's up with him.
2: Well then, if he's gone, I won't pick him up. But if he's not, I, just, I didn't. I, I didn't see that.
3: I've got my hands full feeding the baby. Otherwise, I oh, don't the baby really excuse again. If he's again
2: gone, with this he guy. should
1: not even be in the game. Unlike certain players in MLS fantasy, they get yeah. transferred in the summer and somehow are still there to be selected. Still which there. is They're great when every team is busy and you want to set up an auto room. But still. I enjoy
3: it. I pick those guys up all the time. Okay. I mean, we Here, should reference this. Is he seeing. gone? Okay. Uh, option was declined and they do not have him listed as a re-sign back with I saw that they did. Read. And that may be out of date. This is not always up to sure. date. So sure. maybe cuz I've got another transfer that I thought I saw but it's not in this list for the midfielder mm-hmm. section.
1: So hey Blaine, let's see what let's see what SB Nation reporter has written about this to see whether or not he's in with the team in preseason training. Oh, this is he? Is... We don't that's, know. That's They're that's what fired. I'm asking.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Did Cincy have an SB Nation site? I'm sorry, I don't even know. Okay, uh, let's check Cincy
1: Soccer Talk then.
0: Yeah. Cincy <laughs> Soccer Talk would be the go-to.
3: Okay.
2: I, what, one, one other kind of pile down I will give is uh, RSL trading away Andrew Herrera for me. I It wasn't a big RSL defense picker in the first place, but um, that kind of took a lot of, of wind. There's a couple options there, I suppose. People like, what was it, Bodley or Bobley? um i justin glad for me has been a real womp womp in fantasy for a little while so rsl might be a defense i i choose to pick against um in the first first part of the year but we'll we'll see
0: so matarita has gone he's joined um guys yeah i'm pretty sure he's joined another team and i and i don't know i think it's I don't know if it's I don't know, I'm, but uh, last I've seen that he's gone and he's and maybe playing over overseas now, but uh, maybe a Ukrainian team. Uh, I'm looking at his Instagram or his uh, Twitter right now. Ronald leaves MLS, joins
1: Ukraine side SC Gnipra bunch right. of Right, right, yeah. No, I didn't even. Okay. I, I, didn't, nice. I, didn't, I didn't
0: even try. Yeah. yeah. So how yeah.
2: bad? How bad is the situation where you choose to go to a current warring country rather than playing MLS?
3: Yeah. Now, ranch- no you, one
2: could have picked him up.
3: Oh, what's Ranchinator? Ranchinator has one for you, Ashley, and I. This oh, is a I like uh, Brody for RSL.
2: Brody, I said Brodily <laughs> uh, okay. or
3: Bodily. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm okay, still okay. not.
2: Andrew Herrera was a bet was
3: yeah a better. Herrera was, but without him on the other side, Brody may get more of that attacking presence on it. Yeah, he was one of those sleeper picks for a lot of people. We didn't talk about him enough last year. We really didn't as a as yeah. a podcast. Sure, he could get those attacking bonus points. And run; they could run the ball at the other side. He's he's the only one I'm really looking out for besides Glad. But Glad's so defensive minded. It's uh, yeah. like Brody's that offensive player that I think could be a little bit cheaper. Glad's going to be premium priced.
0: So the only few things that I have to add is I am actually cautiously looking at Atlanta. Uh, they they shed a lot. of of defenders, including their top-scoring fantasy defender. They've added in several new goalkeepers, clearly looking at the Guzan situation. So I have question marks around that defensive unit with Atlanta, especially with all the changes that have been going on. So um, I think from a fantasy point of view, they're, they're a wait-and-see for me as, as far as what, what that turns into. Uh, on the other side, and we talked about Hedges leaving, but he's basically, I guess, been replaced by, by Ibiaga coming in from... LEFC, I think that's one to keep an, an eye on uh, and uh, and see what happens there. Hedges was not as prolific of a fantasy point generator this year as he has been of years past. So I don't know if a new scenery change up in Toronto is going to be helpful for that or if that's something that we can expect um, in Biaga to return back to. But there are some changes there. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that works. Dallas traditionally does have some solid defensive options that that have been worth looking at and then the only other thing i'm going to mention just i guess the two things i'm going to mention just just to mention them montreal picked up campbell picked up herrera but there's a lot of early dumpster fire signs with with montreal with the coach leaving and then the Mm. catastrophe they've had with i guess the the, the U22 team, or the, they just, a lot's going on in Montreal that have a lot of, of just caution there. So, well, mm-hmm. you may see some transfers in. They've lost a lot of players. And so, just to mention it right now, the defensive section, a hard pass right now.
3: Let, let's put it yeah. this way Montreal hired a replacement coach and fired him the next day. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I should also, we haven't pointed
2: this out yet, that Collins, uh, a fantasy favorite, has left left us in MLS for NYCFC. Um. Yeah. Mhm. So uh, it's another defense whole, uh, I'm a little wary of without Sean that John too.
3: Whole unit. Um. I had him up. Uh. Tinnerholm's gone. Gray was replacing him last year, but Tinnerholm is gone. I know we'll talk about it more as we transfer into the midfielders, but they have lost a lot of their big playmakers, a lot of their mm-hmm. big names. Uh. Just to go through it before we get there. Maxi's gone. Santi Rodriguez is gone. Acevedo is gone. Like, those are the John, guys... John, Callens. Yeah, yeah Callens, uh, along the defensive line. Like, this is a team that's going to be completely different, and I don't think you can trust them mm-hmm. at the back half at all. I, I don't... I don't trust
2: it's, any yeah. team that sells Tati, and I think you guys know that about me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they lost everybody who held the ball, everybody who shielded the defense, and half their defense. Like, this is... So,
2: rebuild. Question a rebuild. You question a new yeah. team. You question an expansion team Let's question some rebuild
0: yeah. teams
3: yeah we always say go with what you know from last year well everything you know from last
0: year is thrown out the window
3: there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and then i also want to address uh st louis as we already mentioned them before complete rebuild for i mean for a brand new team of course we saw what happened with fc cincinnati and the thing that is kind of giving me warning signs with them is they've got a lot of people from their two team from the usl that they're bringing up that mm-hmm. did not work for Cincinnati, at, or Minnesota, at all. For yeah. for many many teams, but in recent memory, did not work. Don't for tell Cincinnati Christian I said that. At all, they they have some other signings, but the a lot of that team is is going to be young and untested. And as with the general fantasy advice for most of these expansion teams, it is going to be a team to bet against at the beginning so you may find some cheap options you may find a diamond in the rough but at this time at least from our point of view with a lot of players being untested in in this system it's Mm -hmm. it is uh looking like it will be the usual trend for an expansion team but every expansion
2: team has a ben bender you know you just gotta find (laughs) did did cincinnati have one i don't know about that
0: no Uh, and then then i will address one one question we had in chat uh about chicago uh, so the thing about Chicago is their their new signings. Not a lot jumps out to me as hey, this guy's going to have solid fantasy impact. Chicago had some good fantasy scores for their defenders. <laughs> they they were often uh, good options that people overlooked. They did lose one of their top fantasy point producers, so I don't know if one of their two new new signs is going to be able to replicate that. And there is uh, their their goalkeeper is also gone who tended to be a good go-to as well so I, i have questions with chicago they would probably be a wait and see for me as far as fantasy goes right now but um definitely a viable option if you see a good a good matchup for them just based on until i see some preseason stuff matt uh, two possible. First one, uh, defensively on Saint
1: Louis FC. There, um, Reed. I just lost it. Where is he? Why don't uh Tim Parker? Um, True. I don't know how many clean True. sheets bonus, but is he gonna get a True. bunch of bonuses? Cause there's nobody else there to head the ball. <laughs> a decent question. If I could propose maybe a potential future, um. Uh, ben Bender, although we haven't gotten to forwards and wingers. Uh, Nicholas Gioacchini, um, 22-year-old, um, U.S. international, um, mm-hmm. is with St. Louis FC in a forward and a winger, so I imagine probably playing out wide, so he could be getting the few bonuses and the few chance creations. And again, being a young player on an expansion team, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of MLS experience outside of a little bit of time with Orlando City B,
0: probably a cheap pickup early on in the season. Just my two guesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, great, great call-outs. Well, let's move on to midfielders since we are flirting with that. And Matt, go for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll start in the Rocky Mountains because you've got two big ones. I think the most important midfielders for both RSL and Colorado are going to be back and going to be healthy. Demir Kryloch, folks, has not started a game in MLS since April 17th of last year, and he started wow. three games all of last season. And so he's coming in and he says that he feels better since the injury whatsoever. So you're talking about a team that managed to make the playoffs has had some decent departures that Ashley just mentioned earlier. But if you're talking about getting what a dark horse MVP candidate on a team that actually made the playoffs as well, first of all, like comeback player that your favorite already for me, probably, <laughs> but then coming into that RSL midfield, he should be able to botch uh, to, uh, Bossett and B. Karate Kryloch. And the Rapids midfield is going to look completely different from what it was last year, folks. As soon as Jack Price went down with that calf injury and everything, it was basically Brian Acosta slipping around and trying to do everything, and then a bunch of other disorganization in front of him. Cole Bassett back and the one thing that he learned how to do that he got better at in his time in the Netherlands despite not playing a whole lot was possession on the ball and physicality. Connor Ronan coming in who's basically Jack Price four years ago. If you're talking more than half a million, less than a million dollar transfer fee starter in the championship was not playing at all for Wolves in the Premiership as well and Jack Price really liked him as well. So Price back healthy. He should be dropping dimes on corners. Connor Ronan as well. And then if Cole Bassett can get a goal streak whatsoever going then he's goal bassett again and given how under the radar these guys are as rapids players price is probably the only one that you can bet on regularly is going to start the season off at eight nine million dollars a year um i'll let other people talk about evander because i know they've been talking about him uh read question <laughs> for you uh martin ojedo is listed on mlssoccer.com as a midfielder I've known him mostly as a left winger do
0: we know if he's going to be a midfielder or a forward in the game this we matters. do we do not know about that so I will t- say right now that's a good a good call out the tags that we see at MLSsoccer.com do not necessarily and will not necessarily carry over to the game uh, I do know that uh, I I can freely share it. that is something that uh, Skyler has often reached out to me in the past uh, just to sort of, Check and pick people's brains about some of those decisions. So it is definitely uh, something that can be influenced by community. So if if there are players that you see that you think may be tagged wrong or you have strong opinions about them, let me know, and I'm happy to bring it up to Skyler. Because like I said, we do usually have uh, some sort of like chat session at some point, being like, "Am I am I missing anything?" or at least bringing up some key players that are like hey is this is this absolutely ridiculous. So um but I can't say for sure at this point those are not necessarily reflective of what will be in the game.
3: Mm-hmm. Matt, one question for you. Are we looking at a double pivot with Price and Ronan in Colorado to start the season? Is that what we're expecting with Ronan being a little more defensive minded? Uh no. I th- I think Ronan's more going to be a pure number 8 if you look at his analytics okay. and what he
1: did at Wolves. So I would see him more I guess Cole Bassett is what he was, what Mark Anthony K was, what Brian Galvan was supposed to be last year. I guess Connor Ronan's then the um, is then the is the Kellen Acosta in this situation. He is a little bit more pass heavy. and He likes to ping long balls too. So I would say the average of Connor Ronan and Brian Acosta is where Kellen Acosta is. The one thing that I would be kind of worried about is Robin Frazier really likes to rotate depending on situations and then in that i think it's the the only consistent regular starter you're going to see every single rapids game is going to be jack price on the road at seattle for example to open the season i could see it being more of a 4-3-3 with brian acosta and then almost a double pivot with cole bassett in front of them and then on the front foot say against a san jose a charlotte um you know a struggling uh, dc united team then they would be more three four three, especially if um i know we didn't talk about him because he's not official yet if maxo the center back actually comes in as well okay but i i would say if, if you're comparing them from a fantasy standpoint ronan's closer to bassett than he is price ronan is not
0: kicking is not kicking jack price off corners i can guarantee you that
3: yeah yeah
0: no, that's good to know because when I saw that signing my first thought was is this a price backup in case that happens again? And I did have my, just my joke in my notes was one of one of the best new additions for for Colorado with this season was the return of Jack Price because he yeah. for those of you who might be new or just want the reminder Jack Price seems to always do well in fantasy and in mm-hmm. a position that you don't necessarily expect, like in that more defensive tends to be, but he kind of plays everywhere. I guess it's really not fair to call him a defensive mid, but he, Here. he's there. Well, he gets every- pretty much, pretty guy much. Guys, he, he, gets, he gets bonus yeah, yeah. points, he gets assists, he gets some goals and stuff, and, uh, and he's taking that those corners lucky is what
3: helps. Mid. Yeah, lucky defensive mid who gets all those defensive bonus points that we love them for on double game weeks but he gets all the attacking points because he's on almost every set piece. Right. Yeah. And so so the, the
1: Rapids DP is corners instead of having an actual DP striker. <laughs> and so then you guarantee, as opposed to thinking like, you know, are we sure that Sebastian Blanco is going to pass it to Fernando Adi to score a goal and everything? You know, Jack Price is providing the
0: assist to whoever it is that's scoring yeah yeah so so remember remember to take a look at jack price because he always seems to do well and i'm always like no no jack price no 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 what i don't i he's not a barrios for me like i I like that jack price as well because i'm always just (laughs) but it just always confuses me confuses me to no end sorry ashley i just had to mention that since we were on the colorado train it's fair
2: um I think one of the first things – I was trying to figure out the best section to put this in, and I, I just Garth Lagerway has come into Atlanta and just is cleaning house. Like, I feel like he is really trying to come in, and I, I don't know if he and Pineda have some sort of a vision. There was a lot of locker room unrest last season, we know. Um, that affected a lot of the players we have come to know and love in MLS Fantasy. Um, and so I'm very – interested to what the the end game is or what the long term is there um for for garth and and gonzo um you know moreno went out on loan that's a player a lot of us looked at almeida went technically won a world cup perhaps that elevates him um a little bit more i mean he was there he subbed in right guys it counts um that that's a player that i you know really turned to a lot in in the end of the season last year um But, you know, they're also exercising options in a a way that is a little confusing to me. Heindemann, I thought, was a really promising player, and they just, you know, kind of mutually agreed to dissolve. They brought in Etienne Jr. and recalled Wolf. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of shifting in that midfield for me. Um, And the Atlanta midfield, plus when he's healthy, Yosef combo was something that i think a lot of us in fantasy really kind of would would lean to especially at home when they were at home at the bends um so i'm in i'm not putting them in like a wait and see category i'm just not quite sure what that's going to shape up like um i'm sure patrick would would know more but um you know when garth came into seattle it was more about a lot of signings and not a lot of house cleaning and so this is a side of garth i haven't quite seen yet but he really came in and just kind of gave a lot of people the boot um uh, as a as a to bring it back to me as I like to always do as a homer I'm very excited to see Joao Paulo already up and ready to go um, you know there were there were rumblings that had Seattle made the playoffs he was going to be ready to contribute which was mind blowing to me um, based on that injury so um, he was a, a a fantasy player that was very consistent um, in the game for for a while and um, how he and Nico Ladero would kind of alternate. Um, and so that's, uh, definitely a, a player for the season that I'm, that I'm paying attention to. Um, and I think we slept on this a lot. Um, and reluctantly would comment when they'd succeed, but FC Dallas's midfield is like good. You guys, I mean, I, th- I think, I think we don't really talk about it enough. Uh, you know, Areola, Sebastian Legette, they plug a couple different pieces into the middle of their midfield. Um, Jesus Ferreira, I like, I, I, I think that that might be um, a midfield to to look at. I'm not quite sure how it will finalize, um, but they've got a lot of very good pieces to that midfield. I think Reed and I have said this like at nauseam before, that FC Dallas tends to be a team where you don't know who's going to hit, and I still think that that might be the case. Um, but I'm very interested to see how a lot of those – kind of like B-plus quality fantasy players, when you put a bunch of B-plus players on a team, you can get A-plus production, right? So I am really interested to see uh, how that midfield and offense comes together. Uh, and then I I don't think I'm taking this from anybody else. I'm really excited to see Puig for a whole season. He right. kind of came in like – it was kind of like a joke in the beginning. We were like, I'm going to pick up Puig. And then we are like, no, everybody should pick him up. Like the point – bonus point production – Goal contributions, insane. Um, I still think Elliot with the people the Galaxy are also bringing in and putting out. I, I'm interested to see how they shape up. Um, I don't know how much longer Chicharito has uh, in the in the tank at his level, um, but I'm very interested to see Ricky Preech this season. And then my last little contribution is because we have seen it happen before: is the DP tag going to hurt or help? because he's definitely been a consistent fantasy choice a 10 that we all know and love you know he's 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 very involved in a lot of different aspects of the game that can contribute to his fantasy point production um but we have seen sometimes you know players get those dp tags uh and the and the play can change a little bit or go crazy so um i'm definitely not betting against him please don't feel like that's what i'm saying i am just interested to see how that change um, to his s- salary, basically, uh, affects what we see from him on the field. Matt, hit me with the whatever Galaxy thing you have to say to us. Uh,
1: Brandon Vasquez scored for the U.S. So potentially oh, you guys! So, he's in... He's in... So potentially he's in form then, Reed, if we're picking him up he's and doing be. the, the triple headed FC Cincinnati attack, other than me obviously being no Lucho. But um yeah. <laughs> so there's that. But no, I actually I agree with I think especially with some of the departures that you've seen. Uh the Galaxy Grand did Seer, transfer yeah. yeah, did transfer Grand Seer to Le herve It's the one that's got like the weird like sea monster yeah, logo yeah, yeah. that's in the second division in France that Bob co- Bradley coached at.
2: Oh, randomly. Yeah.
1: And then Cabral,
2: right? Who went to... Who else uh Did oh you? no
1: Cabral went to the went to the rapids. We'll we'll talk about him yeah, in a minute. Sorry, but sorry, sorry. certainly <laughs> I think the I think the midfield is set up for Ricky Pooch, like the everything to like orbit around what he's doing from mm-hmm. an attacking standpoint. Like as I said, it should. You want a you want a really good player on a good team to where like they're the missing piece in the puzzle, or even mm-hmm. if the team's not actually being successful, you want everything to flow through them so that ultimately they get the bulk of the points. So that example is like Emmanuel Reynoso. You only pick up Robin Lowe. If it's in a double game week and you know he's starting up top and Renoso is healthy, if Renoso is not healthy, you're not picking up anybody other than maybe one of the defenders or St. Clair on Minnesota, as opposed to, say, what you would have when—as um, opposed to picking Carlos Vela with LAC where they're stacked pre— well I guess you don't have to it doesn't matter now because Garrett Bale's not on the team anymore but when there was a doubt about who was starting or how the rotation was when LAFC was clicking in years past and Carlos Vela was starting and playing 90 minutes and not getting subbed out and being upset about getting subbed out you know that he was going to get his but also everybody else was going to get his Ricky Pooge is the midfield equivalent of that anything that's going on in the midfield is running through him and then particularly if he's playing well and Chicharito's playing well that's you got to stack those two next to each other I would not start the season that way if you had me if i had to pick right now who i would want between those two in the rose bowl game against lafc i'll take pooch
0: yeah i would too yeah looking forward to more of him pooch and
3: Bella in those two would be mine yeah so i'm a lot more conservative on midfielders to start the season i say go with the tried and true uh look for the names that were playing well last year they didn't have a ton of turnover on their team so muktar's and Heal are right there at the top. I think you add Blessing into that Revolution team, uh, just clean up some of the dead weight. I think Bruce has got him go the team building going in the right direction. I was shaking my head last year when he brought in all his old Galaxy castoffs that weren't worth picking up for most MLF teams. Like, why is he bringing those guys back? This year it looks like he's actually building a confident roster that's not his old favorites that he's just trying to give final minutes to and see out their careers. So I think he'll comes back into prominence, especially if he can stay healthy. Uh, God dog, I don't care about the DP tag or not. I think it's just that's a team that is gonna have so much of the ball. I think he's gonna have the opportunity to do so much. And then Ladero climbs up that list too. You just you go with he's a playmaker on a good team, Ashley. How many times did you
2: pick him up last year? Because I think he I picked hurt. him up.
3: He was he was, was, hurt he
2: hurt was not hurt. Jao was hurt. He was fine. Oh.
3: Well, Paolo coming back is a huge thing too. Yes, like you you solidify that that central midfield. You you get all that. Like go with the tried and true. Joao Paulo proved that Ladero was good, and that's. But I also don't like taking risks on a lot of the new guys when you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I I'll throw it out there. Cam's mentioned it already, but uh, Tommy for Kansas City. came in and sporting became the highest scoring offense in MLS from the moment Tommy started. They scored more goals to finish the season than anybody else in that timeframe. That is huge. Now that didn't always turn into production for him, but we're hearing kingdom may not be healthy to start the season. They're, they're going to slowly work him in. So I believe that's Tommy's job to lose up top And that midfield just looks a little better. The defense looks a lot better than it did. Cut some dead weight there. So that's going to help. And then I've got a couple of budget picks that I like. And one of them is pending a transfer that Tom Bogert actually hinted at last week. And that's Joaquin Torres from Montreal is rumored to be joining Philly. They were supposed to be finalizing that deal. I'm surprised it hasn't been announced yet. I'm hoping that doesn't fall through. But if he shows up in Philly, we're hearing anything from second striker to backup ten to whatever. If he gets in that starting lineup with Gazdag, I'm all for it. He was money when Mihailovic was playing well. He is a great second playmaking forward or midfielder to have. If he's got that midfielder tag and is playing cool. advanced, I love it. And I just I think his price point is going to come in between that seven and eight million. And at the same on that same token, I like Memo Rodriguez going to the Galaxy. Uh, he was uh, he was criminally underused by Houston. I yeah. don't understand why a guy of his caliber wasn't starting for a dumpster fire like Houston. They kept rotating their guys, never let anybody get any rhythm. He was young, he had promise. You play him if the Galaxy will start him every game, and he starts at that six to seven where I'm hoping he's at. Uh, early, easy early or easy early season addition to my lineup as you play the value game. I think he's going to be good for four or five a game. And as a cheap player that you're trying to build value with, that's going to, he's not going to hurt you in the early game. And he's one guy. I just have to keep an eye on because I think he's going to be that cheap.
0: All right. Good stuff. I I can't believe we've gotten this far without mentioning two players that just my, my DMS or my replies were just overwhelmed with when I, when I tease this Uh, one Evander at, at Portland, I think that has to be one of the. Oh, because most... I was going to bring that up. I know. I think, but you didn't mention JP at the beginning. Uh, we had I to think leave we... you something. Read. Uh thanks, thanks. Uh, Evander for sure is definitely someone that everyone's keeping their eye on. Portland, I mean, playmaker, great. Was Denmark or <laughs> had great, great goal production there? Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of slotting into be what Valeri was in the past. New Valeri with, with that exactly. Uh, so keep an eye on him. Will likely be pricey, and then on the. Complete opposite side of the United States going over there to um, Ojeda down in Orlando. Another winger that they are very high on. Lots of people are very high on. Uh, A lot of good uh, scoring and assisting potential right there. So some good attacking options down in Orlando there to keep an eye on. Those are are just two of the top ones. Other ones I'm going to mention real quick. Tyler Wolf got recalled for Atlanta. He was a very early budget option that we had in fantasy last year that had some decent results uh, that was filling in during some injuries but uh, if he has that role again maybe keep it eye on him could be could be a nice little uh differential right there and then also again two more dc options to pick up a lot of changes there because rooney coming in again not go to but maybe a, a watch and see but uh, pedro santos has gone over to dc they have him tagged as a defender but i'm mentioning here in the midfielder section because i mean oftentimes he would fill in for valeri up in columbus and, and played that role sometimes so position up in the air right there but i think you could keep an eye on that
3: um, he's been listed that way because he played the bulk of his minutes last year as a left back for columbus right but, but he was primarily a right winger i think for them when zella was in yes, yes there so, was
0: there was a lot of weird stuff going on in columbus um back there okay. so uh, and then also keep an eye on, I guess, what is it Clitch uh, Who's coming from cleet Thank yeah. you. I had to I can't get through one episode without missing one of them. Uh, but yeah, coming in from Leeds, had some good success there. Rooney very high on him, helping them with their promotion. So uh, another one to keep on. Just a lot of changes at DC. So I mean, maybe hit up yeah. Tyler and see he likes. He's going to gonna DC. get a lot of
2: yellow cards though, so just be wary of <laughs> that. That's I've, all I've watched a lot of Leeds the past few years, even before they. Got back up to the prem and he's gonna he's gonna bust you a little bit.
0: That's fine. We we, we enjoy that. But yeah, a couple more names in midfield to keep keeping on. But I think you guys have touched on a lot of them. So let's move on to our final section: forwards. Ashley. Um,
2: guys, I think I am just accidentally switching allegiances, um, much to my family, husband, and city's dismay. But LAFC's starting front line. I who. Who? Who are you gonna? I I don't even know what it's gonna look like. Supposedly they're shopping, or he's unhappy. Chicho Orango, which like what? How? Why? Want to talk most goal scoring production since a certain period? No one scored more goals than him since he came here. No one. Um, but apparently that might not stay. Wherever he goes, I will follow. Um, Vela resigned. Wow. Bwanga looked great at the end of last season. Um, apparently they signed another striker of how great that person, you know, they'll be, I don't know, Christian Tello. Um, you know, I don't know the Brian Rodriguez out, um, was never a big fan, especially in fantasy. Um, you know, I think that again, I've sound obsessed with them, but from, from a fantasy point of production, I'm just kind of salivating over what could be, um, from that front three. So, um, definitely where I plan to to start out, especially after bringing home an MLS Cup. Um, and then I, you know, I think this was on all of our lists, but I'm going to say it because I'm going first. Joseph to Miami. I am excited for that. Um, he did not get to play last season the way he wanted to. Um, there was clearly a rift between him and Gonzalo Pineda. Um, I know he's he's not the Joseph of the Miguel Almiron days in fantasy production, but he's still Jose Martinez playing with Campana, playing in that system, um, playing for the, that fan base. I see a lot from him. Um, and you know, Inter-Miami tended to be very inconsistent from a fantasy and regular MLS production standpoint last season. Um, but I'm really excited to see what he does down there. Um, and I think that, that that's going to be a good fit for him. Uh, and then, the Amar the signing to me is intriguing. Um, obviously, in my household, we've talked about it at nauseam. Um, Raul Rui-Diaz can't put a whole season together lately. Um, he's still producing. I'm not trying to take away from him. Um, but there's some – the Seattle fan base constantly follows his Instagram stories for what new injury he's rehabbing that no one's talked about. Um, and so bringing in Abeer, I know there was a point of last season before Magno went off that Blaine was talking about how no Tati, go Abeer, go, he scores when he starts. Yes, you did. I will find. I know. It no, hits. no, I'm. I'm Don't shake my your head, head at, at me. I'm shake taking me. my head at
3: City. That's
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so. I I think it could be a sneaky within conference or within league signing um, for the Sounders. There's talk of a change in formation. How do you play them all? Um, on that same note, Jordan Morris got re-signed, so he'll be with Seattle for the foreseeable future. He and Christian on. How does that play into formation? Um, to me, Hebert should not be a, a bench signing, um, but I don't know if he'll come to Seattle and be a starter. So I'm interested to see um, how that comes in, because, yeah, I, you know, I think I kind of poo-pooed Blaine at the time because he was making a comparison to Tati, which I don't think you could say – <laughs> Tati and Bear in the same breath, but Hebert does score goals. And so I'm interested to see how, how that might play out. Um, and then I think like a lot of us, I'm really excited to see Cucho at Columbus for a full season and see what he can produce.
1: Ashley, I'm wondering, I feel like from a fantasy standpoint, mostly due to playing time you get low ceiling or high ceiling but a low floor from Freddie montero and then chu what do you think all of the mm-hmm. movements and everything mean for those two from a fantasy standpoint
2: i think if you talked to any person who's ever picked him up or watches the sounders leo chu's production is garbage he should be a lot more than he is i, I wait as sounders fans it's like so many people were really he was one of the only players that they've done an unveiling for that didn't start you know what I mean? Like when they've done unveiling, they didn't do one for Raul. Like they, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very interesting to me how that has worked out. Um, and he, there was a time last year where I kept plugging him as a cheap, um, as a cheap bench option. He was like 4.0 for a while, but getting in there. Um, I think the signing of a bear world limit Freddie Montero, but will Bruin is also gone. Um, and so I think with, with injury and, and age, Um, somehow, because he doesn't start, Freddie Montero becomes that sub as a rotational sub. Um, And I think we've all kind of seen how how that can produce. So for me, I think a lot of it comes down to what system they go back to and what formation that they play. Um, Because my husband spent more time than I cared to give him, but I tried to to kind of, you know, pretend to give attention to mock formations. How are you going to get Jordan Morris, Christian Roldan, Nico Ladero, Raul Rodriguez, Hebert, and Joe Paolo on the field at the same time. And the answer is you can't. So how is that going to look? Um, and how are they all going to get on the field? I don't see Chiu or Montero starting at all unless there's rotation. But I agree with you. I think for Freddie, at least, there's there's a you know a good option to score. But that might also be Aver. He might not be starting. And so that might be a sneaky you know, bench play in a situation where Rui doesn't go because of rotation or whatever. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake up now that they've kind of solidified those Jordan Morris. Cause a lot of people thought Jordan Morris might leave. That was kind of the, the rumblings post world cup was they couldn't sign them both, but they did. So, um, how that shakes up will be interesting from a from a fantasy point perspective, because this might end up being a Dallas who grabs the points, who's going to grab mm-hmm. the points from that midfield and striker system. So.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be good for a fantasy standpoint, but there's like a there's like an MLS tactics like fanfic I would almost want to write about like bringing back the amoeba midfield with Christian Roldon doing the Brad Evans kind of stuff. Yes. It would be fun to watch that. I think would also tank Roldon's anything that wasn't just like yeah. minutes played and then basic bonuses to where like he's like he'll guaranteed get you four, but never more than six. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. Which Pass. is
1: basically what Brad Evans was, which made him reliable at like seven point yeah. five mil.
2: Yeah,
3: at, at the high end, 7.5 mil. for Yeah. Blaine. Yeah. Blame. yeah um, first guy on my list this year, I mean, is Agata. The guy was on fire. Everything in preseason looks like he's in the same form. Um, Agata himself is not a spectacular player, but he is great at putting balls on net. And the service he gets from Johnny Russell and Shallowy and everything is just insane. And he puts those on frames so often. Uh, He's just going to continue to light it up as long as the service is good. So I say that. Take Agata with the service around him. If you start seeing Johnny Russell get injured because he's going to be 33 to start the season and lifted as a forward, okay, you may start having a little pause. But as long as his supply is healthy, then he's going to get goals. Um. Guy that really intrigues me this year, and it's a team that we said was just a striker away last year. Where were their goals coming from? Corey Burke has gone to the Red Bulls from Philly. He is a guy that he he puts balls in the net. Like, that's what he does. He's not He doesn't play enough to really have cracked the radar. But when he's out there, he scores. He works hard. And if he's got the service behind him, which I think Red Bulls had the service last year, they just couldn't score. If he's the guy that can score for them, then he is going to score a lot of goals this year. That's and that's that's why I'm watching him early. Locks likes it too. But um everybody's talking about uh Joseph going to Miami, but I'm wondering what that does for Campania this year. Campania looked really, really good last year at certain stretches. But he's gonna be the number two striker out there. Martinez is going to take all the attention from the defense. I think he could be locked up a little bit more. He's still going to do thing, Martinez things and score goals. But I think Campania may be the biggest benefactor from Martinez coming over. I think he could see a lot more open looks or a lot better looks. He'll get the second defender, not the primary guy, trying to shut down your number one attacker. Uh, as a Kansas City fan, we were always one that shut down the primary attacker, and we didn't let guys like Giovinco score on us. It was somebody else that always burned us. And I think that's the way everybody's going to approach Miami. Don't let Martinez do it. Make him prove that somebody else can beat us. And I think Campania has the tools to do it. I really do. So I th- I'm looking at him and he's going to be cheaper. Um, I'm super curious about what Etienne Jr. is going to do and if he's going to be listed as a forward for Atlanta. I, just, I think he'll see a lot of the ball regardless of what it looks like. Um, and then Zardes going to Austin wherever but, he
2: is wherever wherever he, he, he go.
3: is but this is a, this is this is actually more than just my fanboying over Zardes I because I know. I I do I hate Maxi Rudy Maxi Rudy is a fine oh. but he never scores for me he fluffs easy shots he gets in great positions and then never scores it, it's just it's one of the most infuriating things he's my Barrio really he's your Barrio too. So. Yeah, wow. and, and and I think Arudy, for as good as he has been, he has never proven to be a consistent enough goal scorer to jump from that really good player to elite MLS player. And Rudy looked really good for Austin at times, gotten dangerous positions and whatnot. You put I think you
2: can say Austin deserves a better striker than a more consistent striker than Maxi yeah. already. Maxi already is like a, a journeyman, right, of MLS. They yeah. do. They deserve, which yeah. Zardes might be you now give,
3: too. But. You give Austin somebody who can score consistently up there and one time both. I don't want to see his first touch. He just one times them. That's what Zardes does. If you get somebody like that in there and they can get some goals. I mean, they're a potential supporter field caliber team. Now, I know their defense is a little changed up this year, and we didn't talk about them on that side because who knows yeah. what's going to happen back there. But I think with the players around him, Zardes is set to feast. He's one of those guys that, again, as good as the team around him, you, you, you give him good service, he's going to give you results. And then I'm all in on Cincinnati on this one to start the season. Lucho's still there. I didn't think he was going to be there, but he's back. Um, Vasquez and Brenner look good. Pick your poison on that one. Depending on where they come in priced at, it'll make a lot of difference to start the season. But Vasquez and Brenner are, were just scoring like crazy, and Lucho's still there. This is That's just an offense I'm expecting to go off to start the season. And it, hopefully you pick the right one, or take both if you don't know, because I don't know that we have a ton of great options all around. Although it looks like last year we ended with forwards being everywhere and we wanted five of them compared to midfielders. Yeah. So we could start to see them that way too, and it's trying to pick who's got the best game. And then I'll I'll touch on this. I think my Never Vela days are over. I made the point last year.
2: I, you, you bought merch. You can't walk back merch.
3: It's gonna get retired and put on the wall. Okay. No, I, it's it's one of those. I did it to prove a point. I I stuck by what I said. But if he's healthy and there's a lot less variance in the lineup, and I'm, I'm more concerned, I was more concerned with the midfield. We didn't know who was going where. It was always different service. It was always different guys. It was always a different role for these guys. Wingers, forwards, they don't like having to play a different rotation all the time. You can't get a good rhythm. And so I think... If there's less variance in the LAFC lineup as a whole, especially in the attacking half, I think is going to come back to where he was a lot more because he'll get in a rhythm with these guys and do that. That was my problem last year. But if enough people tweet at me to keep the Never Vela thing going, I might do that. But it was a one-season thing for me. I, I made a statement and I owned it. I am not, not gonna hamstring my fantasy chances every year just because of a statement I made the year before. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Reed would pick up Barrios at least once if the matchup was really, really good. No. No. No Ashley, will you be starting Brad Prediction. Smith week one?
2: Oh my gosh, I love that signing. Um Who do they play? <laughs> Maybe. He's That's coming back question. from injury. He's coming back from injury. So no, I won't. But Brad Smith with that Houston team, once he hit, gets a rhythm, which I do think he will. Um, yes. But not, you know, they got rid of Parker. Um, like I said, he's coming back from injury. I love Lisa Brad Smith. Everywhere he's been.
1: <laughs> they are at but, FC Cincinnati on the 25th. So, I am not. okay. The battle of the battle of uh, Ashley and always play Brad Smith, and then me deciding yeah. whether or not to play Lucho. and I get him the one week that he gets a yellow card and gets suspended for a DGW, I suppose. So sure, uh, sure. Uh, sure.
2: I we'll I see. do. We I guess we didn't touch on that. I won't go into it. We, but that should, was a good defensive signing for Houston. I would say
1: we we should track that. Like when like when so this would have to be like FC Cincinnati playing the Rapids or LAFC, and then Houston involved in that for our four general rules that we have about reed and barrios me and lucho blaine and Vella, and then ashley and brett like who ends up being more right on that and then we can dispel our preconceived notions based on the actual data that
2: we see i would love to i'll i'll I'll, I'll champion that task i'll I'll start making a spreadsheet
1: okay sounds good (laughs) Um, On that note, uh, Blaine, you said most of the things that I wanted to say about Jossie artist. I think it's a perfect fit systematically and obviously very similar to where he was most successful during his time at Columbus in terms of chance creating number 10, good team in front of him. He's going to get high quality opportunities. You put him in that situation with the LA Galaxy. You put him in that situation with Austin. At times with Diego Rubio, when their attack was actually good last year, he's going to get goals as well. I wouldn't have him over for UC, but absolutely he's going to be a fantastic one-two punch. Um, I really like... Carlos Andres Gomez going to RSL, given some of the exits they've had and everything, I've got some questions about what's happening at the center forward position, especially if Demir Krylach is healthy and they actually like him as a false 90 kind of person. But um, Gomez coming in as a right wing is the most expensive acquisition in RSL history. You have to think that that's going to be successful with that team and their style of play. For those wondering, from a Rapids standpoint, the two preseason friendlies that the Rapids have had down in Mexico against second division Mexican teams, Kevin Cabral has started both games on the left wing. They've had a traditional number nine, and then usually there's been a... Line change, if you will, at the 30th minute where more of a first team comes on and Rubio's played a little bit of false nine, a little bit of midfield. That's the one real question I have now from a Rapids attacking standpoint. I don't know that it matters in terms of what Rubio's doing independently because we saw both when he was a forward and when he was at the top of the midfield three, he got his in both situations. But what does that mean for that forward? Given if it's Calvin Harris, that's an interesting situation. If it's Darren Yappi, that's going to be a dirt cheap forward standpoint but Cabral looks to be exclusively a left winger so I imagine there's going to be a lot of similarities to what he does with the Galaxy he's going to create a whole lot of chances but also he's going to miss sitters and get three points instead of nine points so that's something that I'm thinking about but those are the two things from a rapid standpoint I want to believe that the long-term answer that Robin Fraser figures out eventually this season is Cabral on the left with then Rubio up top as the false nine because i think that's where you've got your two most important attacking players being successful and it's what i talked about earlier in the show i think gives more interesting fantasy possibilities in the midfield but also a position where the rapids just inherently have strengths they've got legitimately six possibly seven starters that would start on an average mls midfield as well so that's what i want to see long term but early prognostication cabral's at left wing where he was with the galaxy and rubio's going to pick up where he left off in the midfield
0: Read. Thank you. I don't get thrown to all that all that often. You guys covered most of everything else. Uh, just a couple of additions. Uh, Charlotte got uh, Enzo Capetti and that's, uh, they spent a lot of money for, for this kid, and that's a lot of uh, attacking DPs that they have right now. He's like going to be out on the wingers or uh, may play the number 9, uh, number 10 with uh, Swiderski. So lots of lots of options down there, so a nice little pickup there. Uh, I'm interested in Christian Ramirez uh, coming back over, coming into Columbus, new coach, some new things going on there. I think he's worth keeping an eye on from a fantasy point of view. And then uh, Chicago just spent a lot of money but i guess they earned a, they got a lot of money that's what it is they, a they made money. a lot of like, money wait. no no i got i got that back they made yeah. a lot of money mm-hmm. selling their forward so that's, well, they haven't
2: spent the gaga money and right? they have like, right I mean, they
0: haven't spent the money yet so mm-hmm. i thought this was a good time to we mentioned chicago earlier from talking about some of the defense mm-hmm. they they dropped a lot of cash or they gained a lot of cash so if they're going to drop that this seems like a good place for them to go because they they could use some help with with the production so maybe we can see some more things in the future for forwards that could be fantasy relevant for uh for chicago right there but otherwise i think you guys nailed a lot of it is there anything else for the good of the order that we haven't touched on yet before we wrap things up i'm just gonna say so no one
2: grills us i understand that i don't think anyone said the word carlos heel i think flame maybe just said it in the list we know that's an a assumed thing that you guys all know. But I feel like last year, whenever we'd skip him, we'd get Ream. So we know he's still there. <laughs> right, we right. like him. We're probably going to pick him. Leave and it. we
0: were focused mostly on transfers this time, which was yes. some some old people, some new people. This is just, yeah, early mm-hmm. preseason stuff. Things are still happening. News is still yeah. breaking. Uh, this is just a kind of wet-your-fantasy whistle because yeah. uh, we're getting close. We are yeah. getting yeah. very close. So Walker uh,
1: Zimmerman is still at Nashville and still a really good center back. You should probably yeah, start him French. week one, folks. Yeah, French. we're talking
3: yeah. about we're talking about changes to the season, <laughs> not but
2: things that got us excited. Carlos Heel doesn't get me excited. He's consistent. Like I'm not he doesn't excite me. Bruce Arena doesn't excite me.
3: <laughs> guys like Heel and Mukhtar will be in our first show podcast yes. we're picking our first lineups and everything. Yes. We're gonna talk about those guys we wanted last year that we still want this year. Yeah exactly. I just felt
2: obligated to say it
0: no not very fair very fair very fair uh well thank you so much everyone for joining us tonight very fun to to get back into the flow of things as we sort of oil the the hinges and blow the dust off some of our our fantasy chops right here uh let's talk about our our final plugs before we move on to the to the rest of the year matt
1: uh, follow me on Twitter at LWS Matt Pollard if you like what you heard tonight and you wanna hear me do that, but talk about the rapids holding the high line and then obviously all of my written content, if nothing else, until February twenty eighth, twenty twenty three at burgundywave.com.
0: Blaine.
3: Yeah, just plug Discord in this community. I mean they kept us the sane through the off season. There's always fun discussions going on there. Uh Cam's always got drink recipes for you in our little bar section. Like just if you're not part of Discord Come join us if you are. I've enjoyed it this off season, even though I haven't been as active as I would have liked to have been. My family situation's a little busy with the seven month old right now, and we've got one in school. So, and I know Reed knows how it's how it is with having a young one around the house. It just gets busy, but yeah, yours <laughs> a little older. Might no, but like he was young speak.
2: once. Yeah, <laughs> like I, ha- I had him.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then it's just. It's been fun. But yeah, be part of these communities. That's what it's all about. I didn't realize how many soccer writers I interacted with from the Blue Testament until Mike threw out a list of everybody who was potentially losing their job with the news. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of good writers here that I've interacted with and read their stuff that I didn't know were there. It's just be part of the community and support where you can. Make friends because that's what this is really all about. I'm looking forward to My kid's getting a little older and taking a few more road trips to see some other games. I know in the next year or two, a trip to Omaha up to see cam is on in the works with the kids, but it's just, it's, it's about getting out and meeting people. And I want to meet a lot more of our discord crew as I'm allowed to travel or as they can come to Kansas city, one or the other. So just dive into this community. This has been a real boost for everybody. And it's kept a lot of people sane through some really rough times lately.
0: Ashley,
2: yeah, I just want to circle back because I didn't comment in any way, but to all the things you guys said about all of the the local outlets that may or may not be, be going by the wayside, you know, Sounder at Heart is one of the things I pay attention to the most. Um, I honestly can't imagine my soccer passion without them. Um, and wherever you're a fan of that team, please try to look up if you don't already know uh, whatever, you know, contingency has been representing them, um, through SB nation or who is representing them, you know, smaller than that. And just, you know, pay attention to those. Cause, um, that's where we do, we get so much of our, our fantasy and those people work really hard for not a lot. Um, and I just wanted to echo everything that you guys said at the top of the show that, that that's really important to me. Um, and I hope everybody can just contribute how they can.
0: Yeah, you guys, uh, that's a great call-out to everyone who helps support this community, Um, Discord, all all the writers. I also want to just, I guess on the the less serious side, uh, everyone who's going to be helping with the MLS Fantasy Boss Project this year, really appreciate that. I'm reaching out to some people to see if we can get some new uh, contributors, and uh, also Tyler's... Got a new graphic for his differentials that I I hope people are going to oh, to enjoy wait. seeing yeah, this wait. year as well. If you went to the website over the break and it was down, that that was me. The the, the I had to renew some stuff and it's fine. But we're back. We're we're there. It's it's all good. Uh, so I can't thank everybody enough who is part of this community, who interacts with us, who joined us tonight. Uh, you guys keep this fun, and we are here to help you find some fun in, in this great game and, and just uh, enjoy it with us. So. Uh, please enjoy the ride there'll be more to come and for the first time in 2023 as always good luck